Hello and welcome to What the Catcher with me, Bettina Campolucci Bordy. And me, Nikki Webster. Our podcast is all about sharing our passion for the things we eat, good food, and the people behind it. Which is why we're so pleased that our lovely sponsor is Doug Drinks. You can see it all for yourself at dougdrinks.com. And they have kindly given us an exclusive discount just for you, our lovely podcast listeners. If you enter the code WTFDUG10, you get 10% off all their milks. So let's meet this week's guest. Today we have the great pleasure of chatting to the wonderful Claude McKenna, chef, sustainable smallholder and cookbook author. So firstly, thank you so much for joining us. What an honour to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So excited to have you on. So where are you chatting from I am today? chatting from our little farm, called, which is called Broadspear. Um, and at the moment, I'm in my kitchen and I'm looking out the window at our ducks and our chickens. Um, yeah, I'm in Hampshire in the countryside. Um, about an hour and a half um, west of London. Sounds gorgeous, and it certainly looks lovely. Yeah, we're loving. We were loving all the nice, beautiful yeah. herbs and jars. Yeah, behind so this you. is yeah. lavender, um, and rosemary. Um, so we harvested all our lavender um, last week. So we have so many bunches everywhere, and it's just lovely because it dries out inside here, so it lasts throughout the whole winter. My my lavender's just gone, just gone. So I need to pick it and do exactly what you've done. You've uh, prompted yeah, me to do it. Yeah, pick it while it's still in colour. That's the key. Okay, I, I'm taking that. So, because you've done so much, you've obviously had a huge, amazing career in um, being a chef. You're on TV. You've done multiple programs. You've got this incredible small holding. But where did your love for food and cooking so start from? So I think from? it started in a very very simple way. Um, growing up in the countryside in Ireland, and every Saturday morning we would do. Um, you know, baking for the week. So we'd make all the soda breads and rock buns and brown breads and health loaves and things like that. And that was like just a little, without knowing it, you know, it just felt like it was the chore that we all had to do together every Saturday morning. Um, And then Mm. when I was 13 years old, I did a French exchange with a lovely family in France, um, in Brittany. Um, And they the mother was a stay-at-home mom and she was an amazing cook Um, and I ended up going back there every summer um, because I got on so well with them and I learned so much from her from I'll never forget the first meal and I used to stand beside her all day long we're really close and we still are um, oh. and watching her make gratin dauphinoises and you know from somebody a young girl coming from Ireland in the 80s the early 80s it was um, you know it was all so exotic and so exciting and a taste I'd never ever tasted before that sounds I for me for me food is love and food is community and food sort of knows no boundaries and that that sounds like a total um food love affair did she also grow her own vegetables no she didn't grow her own vegetables um there used to be a market in the town um every friday morning and she used to go to the market um you know which is such a huge tradition in france i'll never forget the first time i went there i just couldn't get over it. it was one of the most exciting moments 
you know, of my childhood, going there and seeing all of the cheese stands and all the vegetables and everything. And I guess in places like France and Italy, um, you know, so they have access to really amazing fresh vegetables that I think that people in those countries don't grow as much as we do mm. out here in the UK and in Ireland. Um, whereas, you know, if you've got, you know, right now, you know, across England uh, or the UK and Ireland, like everybody is growing. Everybody's got like little allotments or, you know, using any part of the garden to grow herbs and vegetables. But I think that we are definitely, we're spearing it, I think, that we're championing, championing that kind of, you know, grow your own mm, for sure. Absolutely. And did your family in Ireland grow their own vegetables or when did you, when did you start yes. growing your, your own food? Well, I, I mean... Properly growing like vegetables and everything. I only started four years ago when we moved here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I knew nothing. No. I mean, I really knew nothing. I mean, I thought I did, but I actually didn't. Um, you know, I like you'd give me a plant and the plant would die in a few weeks. You know, before that, my life in London, I was just so bad at like growing. And I never, ever thought I was just so sure I was like... I don't have green fingers, I just can't do it, and blah, blah, blah. And then moving to the countryside and, you know, not being able to access fresh food here, um, and there's no mark, farmer's markets around here or good vegetable stores, I was just, you know, I was going into London, you know, twice a week to you know, buy my vegetables and bring them back out, and I was like, this is just has to stop. Like, I can't do this. I want to start growing my own vegetables. And so then started kind of, you know, bit by bit by bit. And, you know, I would never, ever have imagined, if you had said to me four years ago, you're going to have a little farm in four years and you're going to have cattle and ducks and chickens and beehives and, you know, 10 raised beds and orchards and everything. I would be like, I'm cutting gardens. I would like go, uh, I'm, I don't think so. You know, and it's just amazing. It's been such an incredible journey and a learning experience. Um huge learning experience I mean I had so many disasters um so it was kind of that's how you learn it is so it was kind of accidental then it it wasn't like a grand plan to start your own small holding no it wasn't um I mean the plan was just to kind of move to the countryside um we both wanted to be in the countryside um because just life in London is quite hectic and expensive and we thought that we'd have a better quality life together in the countryside. And then, you know, we have some land and it just was like, okay, well, let's just, let's, you know, let's start it. And then it was really during lockdown. Um, I think a lot of people right around the country really got the time to do the things that you kind of dreamed of, you know, because you were locked down and like, okay, like, you know, the house renovations and everything, you know, you kind of got in and did it yourself because, you know, there was just you know you and whoever was living with you and so we started you know just learning a little bit more and spending all our time in the garden and growing and um, experimenting with different seeds and vegetables and got our chickens just before lockdown which was great Um, and just learning how to keep chickens and then we got ducks and then we got cows and then we got we got beehives I mean it's just you kind of get you kind of get like obsessed with it I mean, I'm sure anybody who's listening now who grows, who got the road small holding or got an allotment or just grow vegetables, you get obsessed with it. And it becomes like, you know, you're everything. Like, 
you know, five years ago, I would be like, my everything would be trying out every new restaurant, you know, imaginable in London or traveling and all yeah. the rest. And now it's just changed. Now my obsession is, you know, making sure that I'm pickling the vegetables when I've got like a whole of them or um, planting out the new seeds or cleaning out the chicken house in the morning and making sure they're okay or you know looking after our cattle or all that stuff it just becomes an obsession I'm totally with you I'm certainly not on your scale but but, but I've um, I've been having some tinkering in my garden this year and growing all sorts of things and and I'm completely obsessed so I can't even imagine when you're doing it on a you know a small holding level how obsessed but it's also completely self um, you know you have to be completely involved with it don't you because it's labor intensive and you know have to be kind of on it all the time yeah it's definitely like a really big commitment so like I'm usually up at five thirty-six, um and try to get like as many things done before my work starts you know at 8 30 um or on this if I'm doing this morning I'll you know be heading off at five thirty in the morning to into studio um for the live show and then I'll do all my tours when I get back so it's like it, it is a huge commitment even if I've gone and going to go away for two days I've kind of got to arrange to make sure that somebody um you know comes in and looks after all animals um and everything while we're away so it is a, it is a really big commitment but it's so rewarding and has it influenced how you cook at all I mean just having that appreciation of I suppose the length of time things take to grow as a as a starting point yeah it completely has influenced my you know, the way I cook. I mean, my fridge used to be packed all the time before, and now my fridge is empty. Um, and I think people are all shocked when they come in and they open up the fridge and there's only, like, milk and cheeses in there. Um, because we just... I go out and pick, you know, every day and I, for a lunch or for a dinner. And I don't like to really buy in that many things. So, you know, I'll just go out and think, OK, I've got beans, I've got some courgette flowers, I've got, you know... What else is growing at the moment? Artichokes or oh, yummy you know, <laughs> carrots or whatever, and just make you know, and just you know, make something up. You know, do you know, lovely. You know, we've got loads of tomatoes at the moment as well. So I might do like baked eggs with tomatoes, and we've got chilies growing chili in there, and gorgeous. And, you know, great and some courgettes, and we just I just go as I go along, and I'm I'm sort of like in tune with that. So I'm, the great thing about being a chef and growing your own vegetables is that you make up different recipes all the time. I mean, your life revolves around it. I mean, you know, for anybody out there growing, you know, bringing something up from seed, you do not want to see that vegetable going to waste. So then there's all the pickling process, process of it. You know, the, you know, you got, we have a lot of beetroot at the moment. You can probably see my, I'll grab that actually. Oh, do. We were pickling, so I've got like five of these jars of beetroot. Oh, wow. Fantastic. It's so beautiful and it's so easy to do. It's just you know, white wine vinegar and sugar and pine and mustard seeds and you boil up the, the, the beetroot. You peel them and then you make your pickling juice separately. And then you allow everything to cool. You put them into sterilised big jars and you've got this lovely pickled fresh beetroot to kind of, you know, to dunk in from. And that with like a lovely, you know, boiled egg um, and some lovely salad leaves and a beautiful dressing and maybe some blanched peas and stuff like that all mixed up together is a really nice, you know, lunch. So it's 
you're always just thinking of, okay, what can I do with courgettes? I was making actually, I know this is such a huge, everybody has been DMing me at the moment um, on Instagram about their courgettes because they, they're so, yeah, the, there's a glut. The weather. <laughs> there's a glut yeah, at the moment and the weather exactly. is so warm and the growing is huge this summer yeah. like never before. Um, and so I was making courgette bread, which actually, they call it zucchini bread because it's actually an American recipe. But I was yeah. making zucchini bread last week, which I've never made before. I don't know if you've made it before. Um, uh, I've added I've added courgettes into things like muffins and bread. Yeah. Um, do you do you make sure that the courgettes are sort of do you pat them dry or or do you use the liquid yeah. as well? Yeah. No, so you don't use the liquid. Um, you grate the courgettes and then you strain them through a tea towel. I usually just the tea towel onto a sieve and over a bowl and then put all the courgettes in there and then just let them drain themselves away and then I'll give them a good squeeze at the end and then it's wholemeal flour eggs um I put in a little bit of cinnamon a little bit of nutmeg and it makes the most beautiful zucchini bread um which is gorgeous with like soups I had it with pea soup last week Mm. um I'm gonna make it actually again this week um and then carrots I mean carrots are such a brilliant thing to grow. I mean, they, they do take much longer. Mm. We've got a huge amount of carrots coming up at the moment. So I'm making, I've got all my carrots actually grated. They're in the fridge right now. <laughs> grated them all yesterday. I'm making, um, I'm making carrot cake um, later on today. Um, and actually for anybody out there who's never grown anything, um, start off with radishes. Oh, um, because they grow in good. three weeks. <laughs> oh, excellent. wow. They, excellent they tip. That is a very yeah. good tip. Yeah, they grow in three weeks. Yeah. Um, and all you need to do is make a little, you know, make a little um, line in your soil about one centimetre deep and then sprinkle the seeds along, you know, along your little tunnel um, and then just, you know, cover them over with the soil. But you only want them one centimetre deep because they, they're they small seeds and nothing, it doesn't grow that big. So it needs to be close to the top of the soil to get the light. Um, and within one week you'll see the shoots coming up and then three weeks, three to four weeks you have um, radishes um, so that is brilliant and you know and just uh, serve them you know, with a little bit of celery salt or maybe a little bit of olive oil or aioli just to dip them into and they're just a lovely kind of sharing bites to have you know, yeah. before a meal Amazing. Also, pickled radishes I, I love as well actually Talking pickled about radishes yeah I haven't done yeah. that that's yeah. really lovely Pickled radishes. Oh, and I, I haven't also done like pickled to, radishes. Um, yeah. They're also very nice roasted. <laughs> yeah. I have never roasted radishes and I've they never pickled They are delicious. Them. That's going to be... <laughs> although, <laughs> let me just write that one down. Yeah. Or they, or they, or they, or the pickling, they, they can get a little bit smelly when you open the jar. Just a little bit Ooh. intense radishy smell. Yeah, they can be a yeah. little intense. But I, I, quite, I quite like them roasted. Yeah. In term, I was, I was going to ask you in terms of we, we talk a lot about regenerative farming. We talk a lot about soil health uh, on the podcast. And when you decided to start uh, growing vegetables, did you have anything like that in mind? And sort of what's what's the what's the process of of the way that you guys um, farm at the moment? Yeah, so when we first started, it was just a case, I mean, I had a clue about soil or anything. I just literally bought tons of compost and kept putting it into the beds and just started growing 
then I think probably about a year into it, um, I started going, okay, I need to start like making your own compost because we're just becoming too expensive um, to be buying compost all the time. So we started three different types of compost. Mm. Um, we started our own kitchen waste composting, actually four, um, our own kitchen waste composting, you know, with other brand material like um, any cardboard that we tread mm. up and, and then also any um, newspaper. So that's one. And then we also started another one, any kind of waste and clippings from plants and flowers. And then the other one then we started was leaf composting. Mm. And then the fourth one then is coffee compost, which is really good for acid-loving, um, mm. acid so- no, soil, acid, acidic soil-loving plants, such as like roses, rhododendrons, um, carrots love it. Um, and we just mulch that in around the area. Um, you know, kind of around the top of the of where the you know the plants are growing, yeah. um, and it takes about a year to get that like for it all you know for it to get into that whole process making mm. your own compost yeah. process. Yeah. So if anybody is listening and thinking about doing it, just start like try to start straight away. Um, I've done actually videos and blogs on it on oh, my YouTube fantastic. channel and it's on my website on how to start your own compost. Um, but just start straight away because it does take a while um, to get it all going. And and then, so we, we were, we're now putting all our own compost into it. And we probably add compost in probably, you know, to all of the cutting garden areas um, and all of our borders and everything. We probably add in like every few months. We, we're mm. adding in more soil because our soil here is really poor. Um, and then the other thing, which is the... I mean, the most effective and the best thing, you know, you can do if you've got a plot of land, we have 100 acres like ours, is um, is to keep cattle um, on a rotation system. So mm, that's amazing. the most sustainable, yeah, the most sustainable way to raise cattle is, um, is a field rotation system whereby yeah. um, you cut off the field into different sections and then they spend... Um, you know, a couple of months grazing on one part and then we move them over to the next part and the next part. And what that does is because they are the best at grazing, basically cutting down the grass because they do it, they do it gently and they eat it down really, really well. Um, and they don't actually in any way affect the soil underneath. Whereas if you're doing tilling, that actually does affect and it doesn't do it as well as when a mm. cow does it. And because they're they they are kind of managing the pastures, what it does is it allows it allows the grass, the pastures, to capture so much more carbon than yeah. if the grass is just let grow wild. And then that goes right into, you know, underneath the soil, um, increases the amount of organisms, and then underneath you've got like a whole wonderful life going on. And because when it's all managed and and grazed really well you've got wildflowers are are given Mm. the chance to come up because it's all of the it's the grass like just like an over amount of grass that will take over from the wildflowers and will not allow the wildflowers to grow up when it's cut down like that or managed like that the wildflowers grow up and then you know which is so good for the soil it attracts all the insects and then a whole cycle goes on and then their dung you know their poo which is like the best compost. It's like the gold 
I know, <laughs> you know that yeah are, never thought you'd like say that about yeah <laughs> yeah I know exactly yeah. so we leave about half of it in the pasture so that it is like regenerating the soil because yeah insects love it the organism organ organisms love it all that world underneath the soil loves it um, and it feeds them um, and then the other bit then we bring back up here and we'll put into you know different areas that need it you know different yeah, areas that will need it up yeah. here and that is like gold um, and we can see the difference like we never ever had wildflowers um, mm. in in any of the pastures here and now we've got like wild irises we counted six different Beautiful. varieties of wild wow. irises yeah. this summer yeah yeah and I believe you've got quite a few worms as well and we had do you know what we have uh, yeah we do have a wormery the wormery is um it's fun and exciting and all the rest but it um it takes a lot of maintenance <laughs> so i'm not sure i'd be like go get a wormery because no. it does take a lot of maintenance <laughs> and during this hot weather it's been a bit of a nightmare because we, they have to keep moist so we've had to add water in on top of them to make sure that the worms oh, wow. are still alive and all the rest yeah. so that was definitely challenging during the hotter months as the climate is changing so dramatically at the moment isn't it um but um but no they do make incredible compost um but it's um and fun to try it and fun to see you yeah, know it's, how, it's, it's, you know it's all an experiment isn't it? it's all a learning but you said yeah. so yeah you sound so unbelievably passionate about your small holding. So I wanted to ask, so um, in terms of, you know, where you're happiest at the moment, is it on your farm or in the studio or traveling or what do you think? Oh, definitely here. Definitely here. Yeah. I went away on holidays. Um, we went on big way on a big family holiday that we do every year um, a couple of weeks ago. And I'd say I was in day five and I was itching to get home. I was like, Oh, it's so lovely nice. here, but I want to get home. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I just I don't like being away from me. I love waking up in the morning, and the peacefulness of it, and walking down, and you know, waking up the chickens and getting them out of their houses and getting their feed and seeing them running everywhere. Oh. We have so many deer around here too, and the deer are always around, you know, in the morning. And I just love it. I love the routine of it. I love the. It really feels like I'm living. You know that yeah. I'm living and I'm you know creating something and I'm sharing it and now this new YouTube series which is called we call or a little sustainable farm where we film every week you know what we're doing and what's going on Fantastic. and it just feels so exciting to be sharing it as well like social media hasn't it and you know podcasts have become such an amazing platform to yeah, share you know and it's just been a fantastic journey and I feel like I've there's you know, lot, people just constantly sending me advice that have small holdings and have so much more knowledge than I do. So I've been learning a lot from podcasts like yours and um, and on social media as well. It's, ma it's magic when social media can, can do that. And I think you will inspire so many people to, to start growing their own food um, and to sort of dip into that um dip their toe into it and just um reconnect with nature i think it's it's so important and even it for is. people that are living in big cities and you can grow a lot on a small in, in a small space and it's just about starting somewhere and like you said i think anyone can grow radishes i think you can grow radishes in a in a pot can't you as, yeah. as well it, yeah. it, it's a great it's a great start and 
we always talk about um, even just growing your own herbs and oh, seeing or, something. Or the primary, you know, primary school one, Cress. That's a great yes, starter. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Just, uh, just anything. I think you get such a big appreciation when you grow something from a seedling and then you just multiply that with, with everything that gets put on our plates. And it's an incredible, yeah. intense labor of labor of love. And um, yeah. along the way, I think a lot of us have sort of um, uh, need to get reconnected with that. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, Definitely. so, so, so important. Um, you also write cookbooks. Tell us, yes. um, tell us about your latest one. Yes, I've written um, eight cookery books. Um, oh, goodness. The wow. latest, yes, the latest being, um, the latest being um, In Minutes, um, which is a book that is based on meals that you can cook in 10, 20 or 30 minutes. Um, Amazing. <laughs> I actually, you know, I did that during lockdown because, sorry, I keep referencing lockdown, but I did that during lockdown because... Um, I think all of our kitchens at home ended up turning into a restaurant because everything seemed to be occasion. It was like breakfast is yeah. occasion, yeah. lunch is occasion, <laughs> yeah. dinner is occasion. Um, you know, because there was nowhere to go, um, and just having to come up with like really fast dishes. And my Instagram following went from like thirty thousand by the end of lockdown. It was you know two hundred and twenty thousand or whatever. Amazing. Um, because wow. the um, and myself and my husband Harry I have to give him credit because he helped me with yeah. it. He we used to answer all the DMs every night, and he'd be like, "Oh, could this one wants to know," and he'd log into my Instagram on his phone. We'd both yeah. be on it. He'd be like, "This lady here wants to know like a really quick um, recipe. Um, just she just has eggs." And because she bought too many eggs, because she was afraid of eggs, and I'd be like, okay, she could do scrambled eggs. Send her that link to my website, and it yeah. just became like two hours every evening of answering people who needed quick fixes for the families. And so I wrote the whole yeah. book on it. Um, and so it's over a hundred recipes, all based on fast ten, twenty, thirty minute recipes, and it became my first ever. Um, UK Amazon bestseller, um, which was really oh, exciting. You know, as an as an Irish girl moving to the yeah. UK, you know, yeah. it was just yeah. it was a really exciting time. Um, what's, but, what, um, what what's your best ten minute recipe? Because everyone wants a quick recipe. Um, if I was to cook it right now, how I feel right now, I would probably say my linguine puttanesca, which mm-hmm. is um, tinned tomatoes, pop them onto a frying pan, frying pan quicks cooks everything faster than a saucepan because um, it's flatter um throw them in and then throw in anchovies garlic chili um capers um let that simmer for about five minutes at the same time get your pasta on cooking which takes eight minutes drain out the pasta throw in the pasta sauce serve it with a little bit of parmesan cheese and it's so good it's like spicy and salty um and yeah, it's definitely one of my go-to when I'm tired and I want something comforting and spicy and sweet and all the rest. Oh, perfect! In ten minutes, everyone can do that. Exactly, Everybody can and do that. It. Yeah, pasta, yeah. Pasta even my husband life. can make it, and he can't <laughs> cook at all. So he's been yeah. my sounding block on. Can you make this? <laughs> so, so I also wanted to ask. Obviously, you know, have you? Um, got any other sustainability tips not just on your small holding but kind of how people can incorporate things into their everyday life yeah I think the first thing is waste so 
and how you get rid of your waste, as in like your recycling system and everything. I have five bins. Now they're only small bins. I'll show you one of them. I'll mm. show you how small they are. Just like, and that's the first thing that we can all do to make like quite a substantial difference to, you know, to the environment, to sustainability, to everything. So like this little bin, which is about, for people who can't see it and are just listening, it's about 10 inches tall and about five inches wide. It's a little square box and I keep it beside my fridge and that's where I put all my food waste um, ah. and also my coffee grounds. Ah. And then I've got three other bins over on the other side over here. Um, one is for bottles, um, one is for cardboard, paper, um, and then the other one then is for other waste like cooked foods and stuff like that that I can't put into mm. my compost. And that bin, that last bin that I was just talking about, the one that, you know, will end up going to the landfill, has reduced by about, I would say, 90%. Um, and mm. that is the d- big difference that we can all make is thinking about when you're picking something up in the supermarket going, I'm not going to buy the one, I'm not going to buy the lemons in, you know, in the unrecyclable pack or whatever it comes in, any plastic or whatever, or those netty bags. I'm going to buy them loose yeah. um, and I'm going to take the compostable bag that some of the great supermarkets like Waitrose and stuff have them, the compostable bags. And then just make sure you compost that bag. And just 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 think about it. I think it can be slightly overwhelming at the beginning to think about how am I going to do it all. Yeah. So start off with just waste. Because that is the big difference that we can all make. And it's actually the most satisfying as well. Like Because you can see it visually. Um, and yeah. then you can start your compost then from there. So start with the waste first. Start collecting all of your food waste like eggs, you know, eggshells coffee grinds, tea bags, you know, leftover vegetable scraps, um, you know, those things that you can actually put into your compost. You know, my blog, or up on my website, I've got a list of everything you can put into your compost bin. And then just start slowly doing it. So this week, say, okay, I'm going to sort out my bins. I'm going to put labels. I have labels on everything, as you can see on this. I just get, like, those white address sticker labels. Great. Um, Very helpful. Yeah, it just reminds me of myself as well. And then I know what bin I'm throwing something into. Or anybody who comes in and doesn't, you know, doesn't know the house very well, you know, our friends and stuff, they all know where to put everything. And then maybe the week after then, then start your compost pile Um, and get your compost going. And that's what I would say. Start that one off first. Um, And then... Yeah, start that first. I mean, there's so much people could do, but I think that that is the there's, biggest there's one so that people can do. Yeah, and clear I, out your I fridge. Also think, don't do a shop yeah, until clear you clear out. out your fridge. You know, yeah. so don't think oh, I've got nothing yeah. left. Just take every single thing out of your fridge. Um, mm. And a good way to you know find recipes. I mean, I could say oh, buy my book, but you know, and that, that is a good idea. But another yeah. good way to do it, you know, sometimes that I'll do, you know, if I'm tired and all that, what I'll do is I'll take out all the dishes, everything out, um, and pop in. Say like you say you've got beetroot, say you've got eggs, and say you've got I don't yeah. know yogurt, whatever it is. Put the ingredients all in along the space in between every ingredient into your Google search, and then at the end say recipe. And then see what it comes up with. Um, and that is a really good way to start using up everything. Um, and That's freeze stuff. 
don't forget to freeze stuff, you know, even if it's the day of the sell-by date, freeze it. Um, you know, freezer is a fantastic, you know, way to be able to you know, cut down on your food waste. Absolutely, I agree. And also, I think, um, I don't know, I don't know whether it's a UK thing, but I, eating leftovers, I mean, even if I have a little bit left, from a dinner or from something that I've cooked, I always, always keep leftovers because I'm a big believer in toast being the vessel of many good things. So yeah. I will often put, I will often put uh, curry, like leftover Me curry too. on a piece of toast yeah. or, uh, you know, a slab of hummus with some leftover aubergines that I've barbecued. And I yeah. even, to a certain point, will keep things like uh, salad, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be slightly soggier the next day, but it's totally fine <laughs> to stick on a piece totally. of toast. Um, yeah. Just little things like that. And, and I blending also think things. that if you, yes, or blending things into soups. Oh my goodness. Blended you know, soup, yeah, it, roast, it's, it's roast vegetables blended into soup and just add loads of stock or hot water um, and blend mm. it into a lovely soup. That's definitely, and omelets, I like we call my omelettes, um, the leftover omelette, which I do probably every eight or nine days. I'll do like a leftover mm. omelette, just make an omelette and throw everything into it. Um, and they're yeah. so satisfying. Exactly. Those, those dishes are so satisfied because yeah. you're like, I made them yeah. for nothing. I've saved so much money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and Nikki, you love hummus, don't you? So, you know, blend blend some roasted vegetables into hummus or any, or, you know, some everything is a hummus herbs. to me. Totally. <laughs> oh, completely, completely. But I'll blend anything into a dip. That's, you know, everything. Yeah. Everyone. But also, also, even I have kind of like half full jars of things like sun dried tomatoes and olives and things. But I think you just need to remind yourself that those can all be popped into something else. Yeah. You know, just Absolutely. use them up. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, for somebody starting on their sustainable journey and they have a few days where they just forget to do everything and they put the thing in, I think, like, it's a really good motto to not think about what you didn't do today and then start fresh the next day. I used to say that to myself yeah. all the time. You know, when I used to kind of, like, forget to do that or forget to put out the compost thing or, you know, forget to water all the plants today or whatever it is, start fresh the next day keep yourself going because when you're changing and trying to go for the first time or trying to turn your house into a sustainable home it does take work and commitment and you're not going to be able to be perfect from the start I used to beat myself up about it so much at the beginning um you know with I mean I didn't have tomatoes the first year I grew I think 60 tomato plants and every single one of them got blight and it was so destroying and I thought I will never be able to grow but I think that I'm sure that would happen to nobody else but me. <laughs> but now my tomatoes grow brilliantly because I know that I've got to feed them seaweed twice a week and um, and all oh, the rest. Oh, so, so this is very timely because I'm growing six. I've got six tomato plants. Some some of them have got tomatoes. Some of them have got just a few green tomatoes. Are, are they going to turn red? I'm not. I'm not entirely confident. Oh yeah. Stage. I mean, it's usually. I mean, September is end of August. September is usually when tomatoes are really ripe. And we're about six weeks ahead because of the hot weather. So we, I would imagine your tomatoes should start coming up in the next two or three weeks. They're actually up here already, but we, it's, I have them all up against walls and in a greenhouse and everything. So they're a little bit faster yeah. than probably a lot of people. 
Um, mm. But yeah, it'll happen. Just you know, are you are you pruning them? Are you taking out that third stalk? I am. I am, well, yeah. kind of, because I don't know what happened. Because I know about taking off the little extra bit, and then but some of them have still got multiple stalks. I don't. I don't know how it happened, but um, some some of them seem perfect. Actually, they've got one stem, and they've you know they're fine. And then uh, you know a couple of a bit strange. Okay. So Send me a picture. We'll see. <laughs> I will. I yes, will. I will. That's I will. a good idea. Um, <laughs> you talk, speaking of speaking of disasters and learning curves um, and everything that you've experienced in terms of farming in the last four years. What what do you think? What have you learned from farming and growing your own food? You think um, that you have what to life go, lessons? The life lesson. <laughs> is that um, patience and, and, and waiting and putting time into something is, is always worth it. Um, when I first started growing, I used to get frustrated that I'd have to wait for so long for a carrot to come up. Um, and so I've learned a lot of patience. Um, I've learned that, um, you know, you don't have to spend hundreds of pounds on you know experiences you know in different countries and all the rest you can really have lovely amazing happy experiences at home through growing and through creating um your own kind of you know little plot and everything it brings you so much joy i other life lessons i've learned are by putting my hands in the soil it helps so much with stress and anxiety. I've also learned that we are only, that us as humans, that we are only a small little thing in this earth. We're just a small little part of it. You know, when you start growing and you're seeing bees come in and, and butterflies, and we, we attract so many different wild birds now because of everything growing here. Um, and when you're in touch with ducks and chickens and cows and growing and the organisms and worms and all the rest, you become so in touch with all the other amazing um, animals and beings that are on this planet. Mm-hmm. And it makes you, it kind of puts you in your place. <laughs> and, and, and the fact of like, they are all doing good for the environment. And we're the only beings mm. that aren't doing good for the environment. And we need to look after them so they can look after us because it's those organisms underneath the soil that help create 40% of the rain if the soil Mm, isn't good it doesn't create 40% of that rain and at the moment Mm. I mean we see all the it's cloudy here in England today but there is no rain and the grass outside Mm. is you know is white looking um and we need rain we need rain we need to cool down this planet and cool down our land um so we have to look after everything that's the life lessons i've learned there were their big ones yeah yeah that's um yeah that is a that is a gold dust sprinkling of inspiration i think (laughs) and so important for people to to listen to and to to connect with yeah so just bring you back to, to food for a second. And I know you've been cooking your courgettes and your beetroots, but what is your absolute favourite thing to cook at the moment from your, your land? Um, oh, that's so hard. I mean, this is really simple. Yeah. 
that is, I mean, it was just so good. I mean, it's ridiculously simple. I feel like I want to make up something else, but I'm going to say the truth. Um, no, no. It was at Tomato Bruschetta. Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. Um, so we grew our own garlic for the first time. I'm going to show you that. For the first time this year. I mean, I actually just cannot believe that I've grown this. Wow. That's amazing. That, look, that looks like it's coming from an Italian kitchen, but it's a UK kitchen. That's it's amazing. A UK kitchen. You Did you spray so. that yourself? Yeah. So basically, the garlic is in here, and then the, this is the braiding is the shoot. So the shoot goes right up, and you've got to wait for the wow. shoot to go dead looking, and then you know the garlic is ready. You pull them, and then you braid them. I mean, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight. I've got eight of them, and they took I don't know how many rows. Wow! I mean, it wasn't like that, that is much amazing. Um, and anyhow, so I was very excited to have our own garlic, um, and I had made some sourdough bread, and I grilled it, and then I rubbed the, for the our first ever garlic onto the bread, and it melted into it, um, and then I went from there. I got all of our tomatoes. I chopped up all our tomatoes and I put some olive oil in there, um, some fresh basil that we've got growing, salt and pepper, um, and then massage them all like they do in Italy with your hands. And then I sprinkled it all over. And honest to God, it was one it was one of the best bites of the summer. Mm, that, that sounds, sounds incredible. <laughs> that wow. sounds so good. <laughs> wow. I, um, I lived in Spain for many years, so... Um, that's that's like that's a that that sounds quite Spanish. Well, it brings back very very fond Spanish memories. Well, they do the, the so tomato um, tostado, don't they? Yeah, tomato exactly. Tostado, um, yeah, uh, they, the rub the, they rub the they rub the or pan con tomate, pan con tomate, exactly. Yeah, and they rub the tomato into it. Yeah, that is so yum. Yes, oh my god, exactly. I'm gonna have that when I it's when so I hang yum. up. I'm gonna make that. I'm so hungry. <laughs> We've talked loads about um, uh, inspiration, but I'm going to ask you the question about what inspires you. What inspires you to to do what you do? Um, I feel like I feel like I'm doing my part um, in the whole journey of sustainability that we are all trying to get on. Um, I spent a lot of time talking about it and, you know, before I actually did it and I didn't really understand it, I was like, yes, I'm going to be cooking sustainably. And I'm like, you know, mm. am I really cooking sustainably? Mm. Um, and, and so I really wanted to walk the talk, live and learn it, be able to communicate it properly, um, and also make, you know, just on a personal note, you know, like make a difference to the land that we have, you know, for next generation. Um, you know, all our family, you know, lives in the kind of near area um, and they take all their vegetables from here, all their eggs from here, all their beef from here. And it's quite amazing that in this little circle that we have here, that we all eat the beef, the eggs, we bake with the duck eggs, we eat all our own vegetables, all our own fruit garlic everything from mm. just this area we are we don't bring anything into the, our whole area and that feels like really amazing that like gets me up in the morning 
That's um, amazing. I love that. I you you're you're truly living and breathing it, and it's um and it's beautiful, mm -hmm. and it's um you can tell how passionate you are about it as well, which is um, magical. Yeah. So, do you have any other plans? What's what's next on the horizon? Um. So at the moment, I am converting um a little shed um into a pickling, fermenting, drying, and smokery. Um. Wow. wow. And it'll be finished, I think, in September, just in time. And then that's going to be, or at least the shell of it will be finished. It's a roof that would have been, it's a 300-year-old shed, and all the roof had been falling down. And I'd say any, at any moment, we couldn't go into it, because any moment the whole thing's going to cave in. So we've been saving for the past year um, just to put, you know, to be able to do it. And, and they started work about uh, a month ago on it. And um, yeah, so they're working on all of the the outside of it at the moment, um, just getting the roof um, fixed and getting all the old tiles. So it's, it's the original tiles. So just you know, trying to source all the original tiles on eBay and all the rest. Um, and then we'll be able to, and it's right beside the wall garden. So we'll be able to vegetables will go straight in there every morning, and then I will be pickling and doing fermentations. And then drying out um, flowers and onions and garlics and everything in there. And then there'll be another little door that you'll open up, which will be a small, tiny little area, which we are going to have a smokery in there. Um, so we'll start smoking vegetables, garlic, or own beef. I want to do my own smoked salmon for Christmas. So I want to get a wild salmon from Ireland. Wow. And I want to smoke it here with our own wood from our woods. Um, but um, but when it's done, I promise I will share it all on social media because I'm really excited about that project. Well, that people sounds... will be excited to see it. That's yeah, absolutely definitely incredible. amazing. Um, so we're nearing the end of our podcast, and we always have two questions. So we'll we'll start with one question, and then we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll end end on the other one. What's the What's the worst piece of advice that anyone's ever given you? And don't worry, we will end on a positive note. Yeah. <laughs> the worst piece of advice I ever got um, was, um, are you mad keeping chickens? Um, they will attract rodents um, and the foxes will kill them. It will be a disaster. It won't work. And that was pretty much everybody um, in the area here that told me that. It's not true. They're still alive. <laughs> It's not true. <laughs> they just and need to so be looked after. Side, positive side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I, I, um, my friend has uh, lots of chickens and uh, they are roaming free and very happy and, uh, yes, producing lots of eggs. Um, so on the flip side, what is the, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, life is not a rehearsal. Um, you just get one go. It's a live performance. Hmm, that is a really good one. What a great, what a great one to to end on. Um, you've been so amazing, and you've got such a fountain of knowledge for anyone that wants to find out more. You've got a YouTube channel. Yeah. You've got an Instagram. You've got cookbooks. You've website. got a website. So where where can we find you? 
Yeah, in all those places. Um, my Instagram is Cloda underscore McKenna. Um, and my website is clodamckenna.com. And then my YouTube is, if you just search Cloda McKenna, you'll find it. Um, and if you subscribe, then we will send you notifications when all the new videos are up. And then you'll also get sent free recipes every week. Lovely. Oh, fantastic. Wow. So it's weekly. That is amazing. Yeah, it's weekly. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. That is so, so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. I feel like we could have talked forever about um, everything that you're doing and you've, it's, um, we can, we can really tell how passionate and um, inspired you are by everything that you're doing. I'm certainly inspired by what you're doing. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, guys. That was so lovely. What a lovely way to spend the morning. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank honestly. you so much for your precious, precious time. We really appreciate it. Oh, same. Absolutely yeah. same. Thank you very much for listening to What for Catcher. I hope you've enjoyed our food conversations and please do have a listen to the rest of the episodes to hear more brilliant stories about everything and anything to do with food. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Doug Drinks. Don't forget, you can also get 10% off anything you order from their website, which is dougdrinks.com. Just use the code WTFDUG10 at the checkout. And please do give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this podcast. It really does help spread the word. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can find Bettina at Bettina's Kitchen and myself at Rebel Recipes. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back soon.